Greetings, my friend. This is the brain of TV's Pinky in the Brain, and you are listening to the hashtag on whatever device you're listening to us on. Yes! Welcome to the first episode of The Hashtag. Thank you for joining us. We have a great first episode for you today. We caught up at Indiana Comic Con with voice actor Maurice LaMarche. You know him from Pinky in the Brain, Futurama, Frozen, Zootopia, the real Ghostbusters. Just an amazing, fascinating person. We got to sit down with him for a little bit to talk about voice acting, social media, and the business in general. And it was great. Absolutely fascinating speaking to Maurice. So make sure you check him out on social media. He is at Maurice LaMarche on Twitter. On Instagram, he's Maurice underscore LaMarche. And on Facebook, he's Facebook.com slash Maurice LaMarche. So give him a follow. Check out his content. He's really working on his social media, and we talk about that here in this episode. Just a little bit about the hashtag. We do have some episodes we've taped in the past that we haven't aired. We're going to get those to you in the upcoming weeks. We've got some episodes with Steve Aoki, Roberto Luongo. Eric Rogers, who's a former head writer for Futurama, we actually talk about that with Maurice here in this episode, since Maurice did a number of voices on Futurama as well. We'll get those to you in the in the near future, as long as some great new episodes, basically talking to celebrities and individuals about how they use Twitter and social media in their everyday life and to promote themselves. So, we actually have a sponsor here for our first episode. I want to thank Hot House Market. They are the reason hipsters go to the mall. You might have seen them at the Boston Flea Market or Lollapalooza in the past, but you can now order all their vintage items online at hothousemarket.com. You can find them across the social media spectrum at Hot House Market on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So please check them out, and thank you for sponsoring our first episode of the hashtag. If you too want to be a sponsor, stick around till the end of the episode. We'll let you know how. So without further ado, let's get into this from Indiana Comic Con. This is Maurice LaMarche on the hashtag. Hashtag, and we're a special show here today. We are actually at the Indiana Comic Con in Indianapolis, Indiana. Very special guest, Maurice Lamarche, um, here to do some signings, here to do some photos, here to talk to some fans. And he took a little time out in his schedule to speak with us here on the hashtag. Thank you for having me, Jay. No, I appreciate it. How's things? Time. How's things going here? Uh, things are going great. You know, this the, just just speaking, you know, in the micro sense, this particular Comic Con, Indiana Comic Con has been one of the most successful cons I've ever been to. I mean, just a great crowd, super nice people, and uh, yeah, it's just I've, I've, done, uh, I've done very well. Dinner's on me, and um, you know, it's just, it's just a really great thing. We've had some, we had some fantastic panels. Uh, one, was, one was a Legend of Korra panel, which I only, I've, I've only been in three episodes of Legend of Korra. And you know, I was up there with with Janet Varney and uh, Gray Delisle of Main Parts, and I'm like sitting there going, uh, "I played Iway in three episodes." So I decided I better start like getting getting a little busy with some some improv and some shtick. 
So, you know, I did a Wonder Woman twirl at one point. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they were talking about how, they'd, yeah. how, how Gray had played Wonder Woman. And, uh, you know, it just, it just big laughs, which make me feel great because I come from a stand-up comedy background. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. So really a lot of fun with the panels. And uh, we got a lot of people out for our Star Wars uh, um, table read yesterday where Jeff Zanini does something called Twisted Tunes. And he, uh, he, he plugs in uh, we cartoon voice actors with our characters into classic parts and classic movie scripts. So you'll hear... You know, Inspector Inspector Gadget is Luke Skywalker or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. How, yeah. do, how does something like, I, I live in Indianapolis, obviously, so that's why yeah. we're meeting up, but how does someone, something like Indiana Comic Con where it's a little more smaller scale personal compared to something like the massive San Diego Comic Con? Well, San Diego Comic Con has just become a behemoth uh, force in and of itself. And, and, and it is... I mean, I don't mean this in a disparaging way. It, it, it exists that way because that's what it's grown into. Um, it's corporate. I mean, it's highly, you know, it's all the movie studios. Right. Uh, it's, it's uh, there's this little corner in the San Diego Convention Center uh, during Comic-Con where they, um, they sell comic books. And those are like the original people right. that started the darn thing, you know. <laughs> they got them and tucked away. And the rest away. of it is these gigantic displays from 20th Century Fox, from Marvel Productions, and it's like, it's just as far as the eye can see. It's it's Vegas for geeks, and 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 you know it's great, it's beautiful, but it's also incredibly crowded. And um, you know I haven't I haven't actually been to to San Diego Comic Con since uh, since Futurama was canceled. The last time it was canceled. Right. The last we're time. Hoping that we're yeah. hoping there's going to be another cancellation in the future. <laughs> yeah, we'll get back to that. But go yeah. ahead. <laughs> but um, so, so you know, it's uh, it's just I, I'm not I'm not able to uh, to get out to that con. I can't get a table at that con. Yeah. Unless unless a big corporation like Fox is paying for it, I can't get there. So um, you know, I, I love uh, I love sitting you know coming to some of the more moderate-sized cons and just having a terrific time. I mean, I've, I've done, I, Salt Lake City is a fabulous con, 100,000 people. Right. You know, we did that last year. We had 7,000 people out for our table read. So, you know, it's, it's just, a, the con culture is an amazing yeah. thing. Well, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago especially, there were only like four cons in the entire country. Yeah, throughout you the know? year, right. Yeah. And then, and now it's like every state has one, almost every major city has one. It reminds me, for, for any of your listeners that may have been alive long enough to remember this, <laughs> the comedy club boom of the 1980s, where, you know, in the 70s, there was only the comedy store on the West Coast, the improv and catch a rising store on the East Coast. That's the only place you could see stand-up comedians working out new material, casually, etc. And then all of a sudden, boom, Toronto opens up with Yuck Yucks. And, you know, uh, Vancouver opens up, opens up with punchlines. And, and boom, boom, all of a sudden... Like popcorn, all every city's got its own comedy club, and then there are franchises of comedy clubs, and then you know, and comedians have a place to work all over the country. Right. And uh, you know, it almost became a glut, but this, I, I feel like it's uh, it's that it's it's that all over again. But certainly, there's no shortage of. Uh, of geek culture to support it. <laughs> no, there's not. And, th and I love cons like this because I feel like it's back to the roots of what cons are supposed to be and kind of like what you mentioned about. Yeah, People exactly. who really, really love it. And, you know, that's why I love doing it. I mean, yes, I'm, I won't lie to you. I'm making uh, some, some money here because folks pay for the autograph. Sure. Or they pay for, uh, uh, I'll do uh, something on their answering machine for them. Yeah. You know, give them a personalized uh, voicemail message or something like that. And, and, and 
you know, but I can tell they have a love of the genre, you know, animation, science fiction, superhero uh, fiction, that type of thing. And it's really refreshing to meet people who really care about something like yeah, this. Yeah, and it's nice. You don't know the panels with, like, just the cast of the new movies coming out, all the promos for different theaters. It's, right. just, it's just nice that it's grassroots con. Yes. That's what I love about it. Absolutely. So. It's grown on its own. Yes. Now, Good. do you think, back to kind of, like, what the hashtag's about with social media, obviously you're on social media. Uh, you're on Twitter, uh, Maurice LaMarche, at LaMarche LaMarche. Um, you can find him there. Do you find that social media has kind of given people in Hollywood, specifically voice actors, a little bit more of a presence? Absolutely. Absolutely. I had, I had never experienced anyone knowing what I look like until social media began to blossom. Uh, I, I can say now that I probably get stopped at a restaurant or, you know, just walking down the street or in, if I'm in a shop, you know, paying for something, the clerk will recognize me. That is only, that's a direct, I'll say, how do you know what I look like? Well, <laughs> I follow you on Facebook, or I, I, I follow you on Twitter, or I follow Rob Paulson on, on right. Twitter, and he's got lots of pictures of you. You know, that's the other thing about social media is we all support each other in social media. We tag each other in things. Absolutely. And we, you know, and we, we promote each other's stuff. I've got, what does it cost me to, to talk up, you know, a friend of mine's uh, one-man show? On my, you know, I send out one tweet. Go see, you know, my friend in, in uh, you know, who's... <laughs> is Rob directly stealing Rob Paulson's greatest line? Who's cooking the soup? That's his. <laughs> so that's his word for this, the generic sitcom of all of show business, you know. But um, or as Jerry Seinfeld says, "Come see my one-man show, my act with furniture." So <laughs> you and Rob just got a little bit of a little bit more exposure than you get even on social media. I saw there's an article on people.com about um, Rob yeah. and you and about how it's, long you've been really lifelong sweet. friends. It's true, though. I mean, we have, we, since we stopped doing Pinky in the Brain, uh, we've, we probably socialize more uh, than when we were doing the show. You know, and these cons have got a lot to do with that because it gives us an opportunity to really get out and, you know, have a nice dinner after the show. Sure. He and I'll just sit down and talk about our lives and what's going on. And, you know, uh, we've both been through a couple of uh, rough patches that we've helped each other through. And we've become true friends over the 18 years since we've been canceled. So, you know, it, it's, it was a sweet article. I was not expecting yeah. it at all. Rob just, you know, texted me the, the, the URL for it. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, it was a great piece. Oh, my God. I was like, Here, here's a chance. Here's a guy, here's, this is the kind of guy Rob Paulson is. He gets an article in People magazine. He spends half of it talking about me. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's the generosity of spirit that Rob Paulson has. But ego is very low in the voiceover world. I think it's part of the reason we're in voiceover. Because we don't have that, that insistence on ourselves, you know, um, that, that, that a lot of the, uh, the big stars have. Right. You know, it's not, I don't think, a lack of talent. We just don't insist on the primacy of, them, of ourselves. Uh, and and that's, 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 I'm stealing that from <laughs> Dennis Palumbo, the great, uh, the great therapist to the stars who writes in, uh, uh, on Huffington Post and formerly on Written by Magazine. That's his line, because he said to me once, he said, he said, the difference between an actor and a star is a star insists on the primacy of himself. Right. So you won't find that in the world of voiceovers. It's, 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 counter, it's counteractive to what we do. We are invisible. The characters are the stars. Not us. That kind of leads to something I wanted to ask you anyway. Back when 
Hollywood first started realizing that animated movies, for example, were going to be popular. Mm -hmm. And, you know, everyone started DreamWorks, you know, mm -hmm. um, it came out with animated movies. But they were cast with big name stars, yes. movie stars. You're kind of seeing that turn around a little bit. Um, do you feel like that's slowly starting to come around where voice actors are finally starting to get? I, th I hope it is. I mean, it's, I've, seen, I've seen it happen in a couple of pictures. Disney's been good enough to cast me in, uh, in, in their last three films. I was right. in Wreck-It Ralph mm -hmm. as Tapper. Um, Frozen. I was in uh, Frozen as, as the father, which is a small but pivotal role because right. what the father does is, is literally deliver the wound with the best of intentions, he delivers the wound that causes the dysfunction within um, uh, Elsa, that makes that that creates all the conflict within the movie. Mm -hmm. uh, when he says, "Don't feel it, conceal it, don't let it show," he's saying, "Don't don't connect with your power, don't connect with your true self." He's trying to protect his other daughter from if her powers go out of out of whack again, but he's really telling her to just be inauthentic. And that's where all the frustration of her character comes from that drives the movie. Um, so, and, and then in, uh, and now in Zootopia, I've gotten to be Mr. Big. Exactly. Which is a really fun character. And, and again, a little more central to the action. I mean, they still cast the bigger stars because uh, I, I think there's a sense that um, an on-camera actor, not only will people come for the familiarity of the name, but also they're playing regular people who happen to be animals or who happened to be a princess, and, and there's nothing cartoony about their performance. Right. So it's a realer performance, and I, and I don't know that uh, the industry is yet at a point where they trust us to be able to deliver that kind of performance. In, in each of those characters, I deliver a character performance. Not the king, though, not the king. The sure. king is a very actorly performance, if I right. say so myself. So uh, maybe it's going back. You know, I know in the older, um, you know, the older Disney films, they used character actors but they didn't use the huge, huge stars. Right. Listen, there's enough work to go around. I'm not one of those bitter voice actors that goes, <laughs> give us back our feature films. You, know, one <laughs> of them, you movie stars have got big movies to star and leave those cartoons yeah. for us. I believe you've got a SAG card. Everybody's got the same SAG card and everybody's entitled to do the same work. Just as, you know, hey, tomorrow I could read for something and, and you know, even though I'm older, I could end up as a great secondary character in a feature film or on a TV series. Sure. I could end up playing somebody's father, some big star's father in a sitcom and run for 10 years. That's not close to me, so why should animation be close to, to an actor just because he's recognizable? I agree, I agree. And now the with the huge surge of the video game market as well, it's, yeah. like, it's like a whole new market for voiceover actors. Absolutely. You know, I mean, those are literally movies that they're putting into video games. They certainly so. are. If you, if you take just the... Um, just the action sequences out of take out all the gameplay. Mm -hmm. They they come out to like an hour and ten minute long film on YouTube. Right. You know you can follow the story of Arkham, uh, Arkham Asylum or Arkham City, just with all the cutscenes. Uh, you know, pieced together, and it's a feature film. Right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I just love that. I've loved that I've gotten to be a part of the Arkham universe anyway. Absolutely. It's kind of nice because I don't want to say you're cast in a certain role, but you know, once you get those roles, they're recurring roles when a new video game comes out or something like that, and it's continued work. Yeah, I mean, I nice. think I've played Freeze now in four iterations. Right. So, uh, and he's a great part because he's very tragic, and um, it's just a chance to stretch the chops in the dramatic direction a little bit more. Right. Be realer, be a little more organic, because I think in my case, I'm seen as a comedy guy, and, uh, 
and, I, and believe me, I'm glad to be a comedy guy. I love making people laugh. And, um, but, you know, I, I, it's nice to now be able to say, yeah, I do drama too. I do a, I do a tragic guy like Victor Freeze. Right. And it's, it's kind of real. You know? Yeah. Hey, you know, that's a character, you know, his, his backstory is super tragic, but he's incredibly intelligent, but ends up being a villain. It, it's, characters like that, I think, are more interesting to play and to learn about. That's, yeah. And I like to know more about them, you know what I mean? And I'm sure when, when you're voicing someone like that, it's, it's even more engaging. So. Yeah, well, I mean, there's, you know, it's the difference between, what is it, I think Joker says it in uh, The Batman, the, the 2003 uh, iteration of, uh, that starred Reno Romano as, as, as a young Batman. I think Joker says to him, all it takes is just one bad day. Yeah. You know, and uh, oh no, that's killing joke. Well, it's it killing takes, joke. You're one killing joke. You're one bad day away from being from me being or something me. like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Absolutely, and it's true. It's true. Um, what Joker doesn't know though is that Bruce Wayne had that bad day and instead turned it to the good. But, right. So, so yes, it's it's just it's just a great time to be a voice actor. It to is. Tell you the truth. How does it? I, I got to know because I got to ask. You've done so many great roles, but personally, I. I I'm a huge fan of Futurama. The, the, everyone in the cast of the hashtag is a huge fan of Futurama. But obviously, you're known as the brain. And what yes, my friend. <laughs> you are quite correct. In fact, the whole Maurice LaMarche facade is merely part of my latest plan to take over the world. <laughs> how, do, how do you... Have you grown more accustomed to being known for that one character? Was, it, was there a time where it was a little... You didn't want to be labeled as the brain all the time? No, I've always been grateful for that. Great. Yeah. It's never been like, hey, I do other things too, you know? It's like, really, you know my work? You're lining up for my autograph? You know, they used to do the Warner Brothers stores. They had these galleries in the back. And I would, uh, you know, Rob Paulson and I, would they would fly us out and put us up in nice hotels. And we'd just go there and we wouldn't take money, but we'd, they'd put on, give us an honorarium and we'd just sign all the artwork. Well, I couldn't believe the lines for that type of thing. Out through the mall. I mean, out in, out the store and into the mall by, you know, like 10 stores. Right. You know, there's no way I would never not be grateful for the idea that anybody wants my autograph. You know? Excellent. Yeah. That's great. And yeah. it's such a great character, you well, know. he is. He's a very rich character, too. And they kept infusing him with more and more um, uh, depth, you know. he. We decided, you know, about... Hmm, Midway through the first season, we decided Brain wants to take over the world because he knows he's smart enough to solve all the problems. So it's almost a codependency that, Bra that Brain is operating on, that he wants to take over the world to make it better. So that gave me some freedom because it's tough to play a villain without having the villain think that he's just seeing the problem a different way and he has a solution right you know he the villain never goes oh i'm just gonna do bad today a villain thinks he's doing the right thing so it was good to be able to play brain that way you know um and the other characters that have come up when i got to be on futurama i had no idea it would get such a cult following i mean i had a sense that matt Groening's at the wheel so yeah. you know of course it's going to garner some attention but i also knew it could fizzle out within a year who sure. knew so that the fact that we run seven seasons, the fact that it took 14 years to run seven seasons yeah. is another story, <laughs> but the fact that it ran seven seasons and has this huge following is amazing to me. And I got to play, I think, upwards of 70 characters throughout the run of the show. Wow. Um, and and, and was, was lucky enough to get nominated and win two Emmys for it. Exactly, yeah. I was nominated a third time, but I lost to Harry Shearer, and I'd never been happier to lose an award. <laughs> 
Carrie Shearer has been deserving of an Emmy since the first year of The Simpsons. Right. And he was the only cast member not to receive an Emmy. So when I didn't realize when that. he and I were up against each other in 2014, I was sitting there going, come on, say Harry, say Harry, say Harry. And so when they said, Harry Shearer for The Simpsons, I like stood up and went, yes, thank God. That is great. Yeah. And you'd so. won the, had you won the two prior years? Or uh, no, skip a year back, so it was 11 and 12 that. I ran. Gotcha. I, I won. What was it like with, Futurama is such an interesting show. Um, we, we've talked with Eric Rogers, and we're going to get that podcast up soon. It'll yeah. be on after. But He's great. The writers great writer. on that show were amazing. You know, I've always said it, it was the smartest show on television. It certainly was. Yeah. But what was that like with it being canceled and renewed and canceled and renewed? I mean, there were so many people that wanted it back, but it just seems like it... it well, each time we got canceled, you know, we, we went into a, a, a sense of, of uh, you know, the, the, the five stages of grief, anger, <laughs> denial, uh, bargaining. <laughs> what, what's the other one? Anger, denial, bargaining, something else. Like, is it tears, sadness? I can't remember. And then acceptance. So each time I got canceled, we took like a stage of grief out of there. So right. by the third time we were canceled, we just went right into bargaining and acceptance. Right. You know? And, 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 and each time we get canceled, Matt Groening has said, don't count it out. <laughs> so he's been right the other two times. Maybe we'll see it resurface in some form right. or another. The difference Certainly is... Certainly we've got a video game coming out. Oh, really? Yeah, there's, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be an... Um, what do they, they call that when you can play it on your phone? Um, oh, like an app? Yeah, I think it's that kind of that kind of game. Or, or uh, uh, I don't want to I don't want to overstep my bounds. But I mean, it's been announced. So yeah, it'll be one of those kind of games. But you know, you never know. Maybe there'll be a feature film. Who knows? Right. So, but we'll, or, or maybe they'll they'll do another crossover episode. Yeah, the crossover episode. I miss great. playing those characters though. So I just I just love to have any opportunity to be Kiff again. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I sigh merely at the thought of never playing Kiff again. Oh, my, my Ms. Mar, Amy, and I never together. <laughs> so many great characters. And, and I, I would love to see it come back more than anything. I feel like they kind of tried to wrap it up the last time, so, yeah. which scares me. It makes me feel like maybe it's not, but hey. Well, you know. it was the best ending of all the endings we've had. So. I, agree. I agree. So if it doesn't come back, we've certainly put a beautiful button on the end of the Yeah, show. it was an amazing final episode. Yes. I, I loved that. So, yeah. So, what do you have coming That's up? That's Ken Keeler's writing, by the way. I got to throw yeah. credit out to him. So, what are you, what are you working on right now? What's, what's going on in uh, Currently, I'm, uh, let's see. Uh, the, um, I'm currently working on, uh, on uh, non-disclosure agreement one, and also <laughs> non-disclosure agreement two, and then there's non-disclosure agreement three. Oh, you got the third one, too. Yeah, I got a few things that I'm doing that I can't talk about. Okay. I, I will say... Um, uh, I, I, I can talk about this. I'm currently recording an arc that won't be on until later in the year on uh, All Hail King Julian oh. on uh, Netflix. Um, and I'm playing a, a sort of a villain character in the Alec Baldwin really? vein. Because I've never done that before. <laughs> and he, he's, kind of, he's kind of vying to unseat King Julian by pretending to be his friend. So I've got a 13-episode arc on that. Oh, okay. Um... I'm not sure if I can talk about a certain sequel to a certain Disney movie. I thought I saw that a mention was made online. Well, we don't, we don't want to get sure. you in trouble yeah, just okay, in case. very good. But, <laughs> um, but you know, so there's, there's, some few, there's a few things coming down the pike. And certainly, you know, when I'm not doing animation, um, I've, I'm very busy. I'm kept very busy by the good folks at Lexus, uh, where I do all their, I do all their right. advertising. I do the radio, television internet advertising for Lexus. 
And um, so, so you know, it's, it's like I said before, great time to be a voice actor. Yeah. Although, I, as I say those words, I realize, what does that mean, voice actor? What are all the on-camera actors are mimes? We're all <laughs> voice actors. We're all using our voices, you know? So, uh, you know, it's a great time to be an actor who happens to be heard more than seen. Exactly. I actually went online and saw a couple. Of, I saw some of the... Uh, some of those Lexus commercials, the Velcro seat ones. Uh, oh, that was funny. Wasn't oh, it? those are that those was Ari Fool's joke. Yeah, they put I, more as much care in that as they did, uh, you know, all of uh, the rest of our. Um, it was amazing because I was you literally, it, I you? totally bought Until it. I started I'm, trying to pull the model yeah, out of the. I I was watching it and I'm like, because I just watched it a few days ago when I knew I was going to talk to you, and that happened to be the first because I went to the Lexus right. and just watched it the videos, and one. I was like, oh, I'll just watch the first one, and it was that one, and I'm watching it and I'm like. Okay, this seems odd, but you know, Lexus is innovative. They're doing new things. And right. then, but then when they, the guy was trying to get out of the car, I was yeah, cracking up. I'm like, wow, funny. they had me that way act, longer that, than that, they should that have. That actor, who's, I, I guess, I think he's a model who also acts, because um, I've seen him in a lot of print stuff. He did a very good job deadpanning that. Whole oh, scene. it was amazing. Yeah, he was great. It was amazing. Yeah. So, you know, getting back to the social media aspect, do you, do you, when you get on Twitter, let's say specifically, do you sort of have a, a certain agenda you like to have? Do you like to interact with your fans? Do you I, use it strictly for... I, no, no, I, I do. I like to interact. interact. I t actually spend most of my time on Twitter responding mm -hmm. to questions or to th things that I've been tagged in. I, su I suppose if I have a weakness in social media, it's um, that I don't rush to do self-promotion. And I, I should. I, I really should uh, get better at that. Yesterday, I came up with a great line of comedic philosophy about relationships. I didn't write it down, but everybody at the table here, you know, that we were all at the Comic-Con having lunch, busted up and said, that's, that's right, that's it, that's exactly it, you put it beautifully, fantastic. It was one of those little things you could fit on a bumper sticker. And I went, yeah, I was kind of good, wasn't it? Okay. <laughs> and I had that fleeting thought of, you better write this down. You better write this down. And, and, and I didn't listen to the little voice that said, you better write it down. Today, actually, I woke up at 5 in the morning. My eyes, what was that thing I said? They just popped open. What was that thing I said? Oh, my God. Now, that's the type of thing that, like, Will Wheaton is so fantastic at just immediately stopping and tweeting it out. And that's right. why he has, like, 2 million followers. Because these little nuggets of observation or, or, or wisdom or, or whatever, comedy... They're, they're immediately sent out to the world. I keep those things to myself. I don't know whether it's low self-esteem. I don't know what it is. Uh, I don't want to stop what I'm doing. I'm of an older generation that considers it rude to stop what you're doing, to tweet something out to followers. But that's what, you, that's what I need to do to succeed more in social media. Well, it's, it's marketing now. I mean, it's turned yes. into not just social media. It's, it's a way that celebrities and anyone basically can market themselves without spending any money. We had a, we, I did not attend it, but there was a symposium advertised in SAG, within the SAG website, for uh, voiceover actors that uh, talked about how to use social media more to your advantage because a casting call had just gone out on the breakdowns that said, oh, we only want to read actors with more than 20,000 social really? media followers. So if you had under 20,000 social media followers, basically the message was to the agents, don't bother submitting your clients. Wow. 
So, you know, I mean, I'm kind of lucky all, with all my media accounts in. I'm, you know, up around 40,000, so right. I'm all right. Plus, I don't know. Well, let, me, let me ask you a little you bit a of a career, a little bit of history, I hope. Sure. Stood me in my stead. (laughs) (laughs) Well, directly related to that, and and I don't know if you can address this, and if you can't, that's fine. Just let me know. Is it now got to the point where when you're looking to get hired for a voiceover or or any acting position, not even specifically voiceover, uh, you know, you mentioned they're looking for so many followers. Is the promotion aspect of it one of those things they're starting to include on contracts? Are they saying, you know, hey, you need to yeah, tweet they do, this they out? Ask, you need they, to... do, they, re- they request it. They don't require it. But, I mean, I've been to cons where there's a, there's a clause in the contract saying artists shall do his best to promote his appearance at our con in his social media accounts. And, um, you know, I, I'm still, as I say, of the generation that feels like that's bragging, you know. And, uh, but, no. It's really promotion. It's advertise, you know. So I've got to get better at that type yeah. of thing. I mean, that's why the reason I bring that up is I can see that getting to that point at some day where, you know, when the contract's laid out, it's like, hey, you're, we need you to tweet three times a week about this event or about right. this movie or about right. this show or whatever the case. I hope it doesn't get to that because, like I said, people should be able to use their social media however they want. That's my opinion. True. Um, if they want to self-promote, great. That's your choice, but, you know. I think I'll just start every tweet like that with hashtag blatant self-promotion. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many characters that uses up for the rest of the tweet. But at least then you're kind of preemptively letting your people who are your real friends right. know that you're not really full of, you're not that puffed up about yourself. You're doing it because you got it. We do need to find a shorter hashtag. We're going to use too many of the 140 characters. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe just hashtag BSP, blatant self-promotion. Blatant yeah. self-promotion. You can put you it go. in your bio, like anything, hashtag BSP exactly. equals blatant self-promotion. blatant self-promotion. It's not a bad idea. So Maybe it'll catch on. i got to write that down. <laughs> Ta-da! I'll remind you in two months what you, you said So Beautiful. when, when you listen you. to this. So, uh, you know, I know you got to get busy. I don't want to uh, keep you. I really appreciate you taking the time talking to us. Jay, it's been us, my so. pleasure. It was a really, really uh, cool podcast, and uh, it's been nice to finally meet you after all this time. As we have corresponded, so it's great. <laughs> Excellent. You. Well, you know, next time, next time you're here or we're at a con at the same time, we'll get you on. Maybe if Rob's in attendance, we'll get him on too. That'd so. be fantastic. Absolutely, absolutely. Right. Well, um, you know, like I said, it's been great. Have a great rest of the con, and we'll catch you down the road. Thanks for being on it's the hashtag. It's been a pleasure, Jay. Thank you. Excellent. That was Maurice LaMarche from Indiana Comic-Con. Thanks again to Maurice for joining us. You can find him on social media on Twitter, at Maurice LaMarche, on Instagram, at Maurice underscore LaMarche, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Maurice LaMarche. So give him a follow. Check him out. Just an absolutely fascinating guy and just some incredible roles that he's played, and not only in the past but upcoming in the future. So... Finally, we want to thank the band Mona for allowing us to use their music. The intro music we heard today was Goons by Mona. You can check out their music on iTunes. They're going to have a new release coming out soon. We're going to have some fun with them on the podcast coming up in the very near future. So if you're a Mona fan, check them out. And even if you're not a Mona fan, check out their music. They're absolutely amazing. Great band. I want to thank our sponsor again, Hot House Market. The reason hipsters go to the mall, make sure to check them out at 
Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hot House Market, and go directly to their website, hothousemarket.com, to order all your vintage items sent directly to your house. And if you're interested in becoming a sponsor of the hashtag, feel free to shoot us an email, info at the hashtag.net, or you can always just DM us on Twitter. We are at the hashtag on Twitter as well as at the hashtag on Instagram. Puny humans, this is Morbo the newscaster. You have been listening to the hashtag, and therefore, I will not destroy you.